Hello, and welcome to the History of Haiti. Last episode, we watched as Toussaint Louverture consolidated power over Saint-Dumont, and I ended last episode with Louverture expelling Commissioner Southeneau from the colony of Saint-Dumont. To replace Southeneau and serve as a new governor-general of the colony, the French Directory sent the Comte de Hedouville to Saint-Dumont. Hedouville was a French general who had previously fought for France in France's wars with Europe. He had previously helped pacify French revolts and was relatively conservative when it came to colonial policy. He was now sent by France to establish France's authority over Toussaint and Rigaud. After arriving first in Santo Domingo, Hedouville traveled to Le Cap with the relatively small cadre of officers. But in early 1798, another general arrived in Saint-Dumont. British General Sir Thomas Maitland was sent by the British government to command British forces in Saint-Dumont. He had orders to cut the cost of operating in Saint-Dumont to under £25,000 per month. The only ports controlled by the British Mainland had orders to hold were Mont-Saint-Nicolas and possibly Jeremy. In May, Toussaint began to encircle Port-au-Prince. Mainland had almost no hope of holding Port-au-Prince and so agreed to a ceasefire with Louverture. Mainland agreed to withdraw from all British bases in Saint-Dumont, except for Mont-Saint-Nicolas and Jeremy, in exchange for Toussaint agreeing not to attack the two remaining British bases, and agreeing not to punish French, whites, or colors who had fought for the British. Toussaint accepted these terms. In July, Toussaint, Rigaud, and Edouville all met in Le Cap. By now, Toussaint had formed a large rivalry with Edouville. Edouville, by now, had shown himself to be racist against the blacks and coloreds, and displeased with Toussaint's management of the colony. He referred to Toussaint as, quote, a monkey with a handkerchief. Hedouville was angry that Toussaint had agreed to welcome back the whites and coloreds who had fought for the British, and Toussaint saw Hedouville as an enemy to his control over the colony. At the meeting in Le Cap, Toussaint and Rigaud agreed to back each other if Hedouville tried to take over the colony, and made Hedouville realize that Toussaint and Rigaud collectively controlled every French soldier in the colony. After the July meeting, Toussaint went to Mont-Saint-Nicolas to begin negotiations with Maitland about the British withdrawal from Saint-Dumont. By now, Toussaint was using the threat of invading British Jamaica, though it was a pretty empty threat, Toussaint did not actually want to invade Jamaica to ensure that the British would withdraw, and Maitland's only objective was to make sure that Toussaint did not invade Jamaica. At this meeting, Toussaint and Maitland 
also talked loosely about how the British would support Toussaint if he ever wanted to declare independence from France, and how the British would allow Toussaint to export sugar and coffee to British merchants, but for now, that was all treason, and France was still at war with Britain. What Toussaint and Maitland did formally agree on was that in exchange for Toussaint agreeing not to invade Jamaica, Maitland agreed to withdraw all British forces from Saint-Dumont and lift the British naval blockade of Saint-Dumont. And on August 31st, Toussaint and Maitland signed an agreement making it official. Though, it should be noted, Toussaint ignored an order from Edouville to not negotiate with the British. Over September, the British prepared to leave the colony. The black militias that had been fighting for the British were disbanded, and many black soldiers who had been fighting for the British enlisted in Louverture's army. Whites and coloreds who had fought for the British chose to either flee the colony or rejoin the French. Jeremy, a port that had been in control of revolutionary whites since the summer of 1791, surrendered to Andre Rigaud without firing a shot. Soon after, Maitland withdrew his forces from Mole saint Nicolas and surrendered the fortress to Toussaint Louverture. The British occupation of Saint-Dumont was over. The British occupation of Saint-Dumont was a disaster for the British. It had cost Britain much-needed resources and treasure while giving Britain almost no returns. The most common estimate I have seen for the total British lost men is 100,000 British soldiers, about half dead and half permanently unable to serve from injuries or the effects of yellow fever. And even if that's an inflated number, then it probably isn't by much. But now the British, the final foreign enemy in the colony, have left, and the colony of Saint-Dumont was finally at peace. Let's see how long that lasts. As Toussaint negotiated the British withdrawal from the colony, Edouville continued to fan his rivalry with Toussaint. Edouville had begun trying to separate Toussaint from Rigaud, trying to keep them divided from each other. He also made himself an enemy of basically every black cultivator in the colony when he issued a new series of, of labor codes that tied cultivators to their plantations for a minimum of three years with penalties for moving away from their plantations. Blacks hated this, and it began to look a lot like Edouville was trying to reimpose slavery in the colony. What finally triggered Louverture to expel Edouville was caused by one of Louverture's generals named Hyacinth Moise. Moise was a black who had joined the slave armies and had quickly become linked to Louverture. So much so, the Louverture had adopted Moise as his nephew. Moise was much more sympathetic towards the black cultivators than Toussaint or Rigaud, and was extremely popular among the blacks. Moise was stationed at Fort Liberty, previously known as Fort Dauphin.
After a fight had broken out among the garrison, Moise commanded. Hedu Veal sent a black officer to the fort with orders to force Moise to resign his command of the fort. Moise refused to give up his command, and in the resulting skirmish, one of Moise's brothers was killed, and Moise had to flee the fort. Hedu Veal then ordered Moise to be captured. When he found out about this, Hadoville ordering the arrest of one of his generals was finally too much for Toussaint. Toussaint gave orders to another one of his generals, John Jacques Dessalines, to march on Le Cap and deport Hadoville. Now, I have mentioned John Jacques Dessalines a few times now. And I will be talking way more about him when we get to the Leclerc expedition, so I think it is finally time for me to introduce Dessalines. Jean-Jacques Dessalines was born into slavery in the north province of Saint-Dumont in 1758. When he was 30, he was sold to a free color with the surname Dessalines. In 1791, when he was 33, he joined the slave insurrection. He also linked himself to Louverture and was promoted to being Louverture's chief lieutenant. And Dessalines led many successful attacks and engagements against the British and Spanish. I will be talking a lot more about John Jacques Dessalines, and he will become incredibly important to the story of the Haitian Revolution. Dessalines marched and encircled Le Cap, and Adouville decided that his only choice now was to flee the colony. But before he left the colony, Adouville released André Rigaud from Toussaint's command, though it's not like Toussaint had any real power over André Rigaud anyway. Along with Adouville, Julien Raymond also left the colony, leaving Philippe Room as the only member of the Third Commission still on the island, though Room was still in Santo Domingo and not Saint-Dumont. It is now that I will go on a brief tangent to talk about something called the XYZ Affair, which started the Quasi-War, an undeclared naval war between France and the United States that heavily affected relations between Saint-Dumont and the United States. So far, I have not talked much about relations between Saint-Dumont and the United States. But before the revolution, America had been a primary buyer of sugar, coffee, and indigo from Saint-Dumont while selling supplies to Saint-Dumont. To Saint Louverture, now hoped to be able to sell the sugar, coffee, and indigo to the United States. In July of 1797, just over a year before the British withdrawal from Saint-Dumont, France had appointed a new foreign minister, Charles Maurice de Talleyrand. A commission from the United States then arrived in Paris with orders to negotiate relations between the United States and France. Then, the French Foreign Minister Talleyrand demanded that the United States loan France a considerable amount of money and pay him a large bribe. The commission from the United States refused, 
and what followed was a series of back-channel negotiations between the American Commission and Talleyrand. In these negotiations, the two parties communicated with each other using agents referred to as X, Y, and Z, which is why this is called the XYZ Affair. The President of the United States, John Adams, received dispatches of the negotiations, which he tried to keep secret in fear that the fact that the French had demanded a bribe from the American representatives in France would cause outrage among Americans and trigger war with France. John Adams was strongly in favor of neutrality and did not want the United States to go to war with Britain or France. But members of the Democratic-Republican Party, who wanted the United States to join France and go to war with Britain in the U.S. Congress, demanded that John Adams reveal the dispatches. John Adams released the dispatches, and soon members of the American Federalist political party were calling for war with France. Congress authorized American Navy to attack French ships and to capture French merchant ships. But John Adams refused to officially go to war with France, so this becomes known as the Quasi-War. Toussaint had no interest in fighting the Americans and wanted to prevent ships carrying exports from Saint-Dumont from being captured by the Americans. So Toussaint wrote a letter to John Adams explaining that since Saint-Dumont was not part of the Quasi-War, ships from Saint-Dumont should not be attacked by the Americans. He also pointed out that trade with Saint-Dumont was a lucrative source of revenue for the Americans. John Adams agreed with Toussaint on these points and also had hopes of possibly separating Saint-Dumont from France. So the Americans soon after passed a law allowing certain regions of an enemy country to, that did not take part in a war to be exempt from fighting in those regions. This law was referred to as Toussaint's Clause, and it allowed Toussaint to continue exporting sugar, coffee, and indigo to the United States. So over the last three episodes, we have watched as Toussaint consolidates his control over the colony. Toussaint rebuilt the plantation economy, opening up trade with the United States and Britain. Toussaint fought the British and Spanish, and now commanded the majority of armed forces in the colony. He had expelled his rivals Laveau, Southeno, and Edouville from the colony. But now Toussaint had one last obstacle to having absolute control over the colony. André Rigaud. Toussaint and Rigaud have been on the same side since Toussaint joined the French, but now that all their enemies are gone, they will turn on each other and plunge the colony into the War of Knives.